I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Welcome to Under the Radar with me, Sean Hughes, uh, special guest Carl Donnelly, and also Professor Dmitry uh, Karlopov, who managed to come in all the way from Romania. He's a professor of sleep sciences, uh, and we'll be, we'll be talking to him as well about sleep. Now, um, so, um, Carl, you're, you're the very opposite of me. You, you can lie in till all hours, can't you? Not, uh, not as much as I used to be able to. Like, what, weirdly. What happened? I, mean, weirdly, I just know, I've, I think, I used to wind you up about your early yeah. rising. Um, but in the last couple of years, I'm only 32, but I've started doing that thing now where I find it very hard to sleep past about nine. You're, I'm not, I'm not hitting that sort of 50 year old man waking up at 6 a.m. yet. But it <laughs> used to be a case of if something didn't wake me up, if I'd gone to bed at say one in the morning, I would sleep through till midday easily. Yeah, now, which is which is student kind of uh, lifestyle, or just how much sleep your body needs? Yeah, no, no, that's fair enough. But so what? So was it like just pretty much overnight where you just went, oh, hang on, because you like when you say you do you you wake up at nine and then you actually get up? Yeah, yeah, try and get up. I, I think in the last sort of why people tie you down, <laughs> <laughs> guys, come on. Um, no, yeah, so I think now I just sort of. I don't jump out of bed. Don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> You're not evil can evil, yeah. No, I normally uh, I might sort of get my iPads, check a couple of, do a bit of admin, maybe right. read the read the newspaper, which I read on my iPad. Well, obviously, yeah. I'm young. Unless you've got a brilliant paper boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I've sort of mill around in bed for about 15, 20 minutes sometimes. Right. If I get into the mill paper. around in bed, yeah, just, you know what I mean, just hang <laughs> well, out, I, don't I've rush. Heard, I heard people milling around the shops, but not milling around the bed. But what I mean is just not, I know not getting up, not staying in bed. I'm doing things, and so you, then you get at what about one? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mill around for about three or four hours. But and but you live with uh, other comics. I as live well. with one other comedian, right. Benny Boots. We were talking off air because you know we're, we're fascinating people about vitamins, yeah. and it is like you know I think. We're, are we being ripped off when we take vitamins? I don't feel... Oh, totally. I, don't, I don't take a vitamin and go, way, I'm going to mill around the bed now. I went into a health shop in Hampstead yesterday morning um, called The House of Mystery. I don't mind giving it a plug because it's actually a really good shop. Right. It's run by this old Indian guy called Mr. Mystery, but right. M-I-S-T-R-Y, not mystery. <laughs> and uh, and they sell really good like health stuff, like vegan stuff because I'm a vegan. Um, but then I, I was talking to him about multivitamins because I need. I had to sort of take one a day, and he recommended these ones. And I didn't read the small print. I took them home. I've got to take nine a day. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, and that's just way too many. Yeah, but see, I did that once as well. Where like, because I'm one of those people that whenever I eat anything, I'm vegetarian, but I should be vegan because I am actually lactose intolerant. Right. Like as I say, when I eat cheese, I, I just, just sweat. Yeah, yeah. I've seen your face. And uh, but it is that thing of. Uh, Every meal I have, I feel a little bit odd afterwards. Right. Do you find you're like that or smooth? What do you mean odds? Odd in what sense? I feel a bit, you know, anxious. 
<laughs> what are you eating? About what I'm going to eat next. You're putting, like, MDMA on you, well, like, <laughs> sprinkling it on top this of This morning, like, I did, uh, because, like, this is, uh, we recorded this at lunchtime, so I knew I was going to miss lunch. So I had a really big breakfast, which yeah. was, like, two veggie sausages, yeah. uh, an egg, and, but I had That's too much. a really big breakfast. I had, not, I had too much halloumi. How much? Oh, halloumi for breakfast. Well, yeah. Where's well, cheese at breakfast? But no, it's not really cheese, though. What is it? But it's kind of goats, you know, it's not for the cow. <laughs> it's halloumi goat's milk yeah. based. Well, yes, from goats. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, so... but so I, it, I don't feel... Yeah, I never feel anxious after food. I used to feel anxious after food when I ate meat. So I'd eat meat, and I'd really love to taste, but then I'd have this weird anxiety afterwards. That, and that's why I went vegan, because I sort of couldn't get rid of that. So, 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 so then you... And when you go to bed, you sleep straight away, though, yeah? Uh, yeah, mostly... You're not one of those that you, you mill around the bed for another 20 minutes? No, no, no. I've, I, weirdly, I've talked to a lot of comics about this. A lot of comedians do a gig, and then they can't sleep for hours. They have to go and watch a film or, you know, just do anything to try and come down. I have the opposite. After a gig, I will sleep like a baby. So you, you sleep in a lot of dressing rooms? Yeah, I sleep at the end of my set. <laughs> I wrap it up by having a nap. You know, it is, it is, sometimes I can go to bed straight away after a gig, but sometimes it, I, it depends. You get into your second wind. Yeah, That's what happens. Right. Speaking of which, now, uh, you've been doing the whole festival uh, circuit, and yeah. you had a big Glastonbury this year. Yeah, so I did I did the festival circuit in like, Australia, New Zealand, and then came back for a little bit, and then just went to Glastonbury. I'm not doing all the ones I normally do, I'm not doing Latitude this year. You uh, usually compare that, don't you? Yeah, but this year I'm not doing it. Why not? I don't know, actually. So you haven't been asked? I didn't get asked to do that, actually, for the first time in five years. Jeez. I think my stock has really gone down this does year. Does that make you feel... Do things like that make you feel bad, though? Not really, no. Because well, I was quite... I didn't want to do it. brought it up. Yeah, I know, no, but I mean, <laughs> no, what I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm not doing all the festivals that I would normally do. Yeah, because they didn't ask you, Carl. It's not where you said I'm But I got asked to do Hop Farm, which is booked by the same people. <laughs> right. so, so there's obviously thought, maybe, maybe they've, had, they've had me five years in a row. It's probably might be thinking, you know, we can't just keep having the same people. Or a call at the Carl Donnelly Festival. <laughs> exactly. But so, so Glastonbury is... Uh, so, so you still enjoy, like, camping and all that shit? Only at Glastonbury. Glastonbury's the only one now that I feel like, yeah, I'll do four days there in a tent. Because you just get pissed and end up in... And fields. take drugs. Yeah, obviously you take drugs and watch bands and there's it's just such you take a, vegan drugs yeah <laughs> i take soya based cocaine i'm sure you weren't arrested by the cops just taking those nine vitamins that the indian guy gave you anyway then this guy's taking so many pills we have to get him off site and so 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 that's kind of uh like you do a couple of gigs in the comedy tent yeah and that's what 20 minute sets well i was hosting so i hosted like a little shift on a saturday afternoon a little shift on a sunday afternoon right and then the rest of the time was my own to go off and, and was it, were you really hung over doing those on the sunday i was really bad i hosted for three and a half hours on sunday and did no material uh and obviously i was probably doing five minutes between each act and there was about eight or nine acts was it like just crowd stuff no crowd stuff i mean well I, I didn't do any banter i worked out all i did was give out all the leftover food from my tent so in between each act, I was so hungover I couldn't do anything other than go on and just basically try and get other people to do stuff for for snacks. Right. And it was these just, are free snacks you got from the. Well, yeah, I had loads of sort of like you know cereal bars and <laughs> I had a few cans of cider. So I just got the crowd to do all the work for me, just because I was in a pretty bad place. And like, I, we won't go on about the uh, veganism, but when you were travelling in Australia <clears throat> and New Zealand, were you finding it tough to... Of course, because you did a big holiday in India as well. India was... Yeah, India's tough because, you know, if you go to some parts, they cook everything in ghee, 
which yeah. is clarified butter, is it? And then you know, ghee is an Irish word for vagina. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which I mean, I don't mind that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's just the butter I don't do. <laughs> Fair enough. What's that on that? What? Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So you went on a trip for about a month, was it? Five weeks in India. That's a long. And you made no plans. You just. Yeah, we booked our flight in from into Goa and our flight out of uh, Amritsar in the north and then just decided five weeks on the road. And so what was the highlight? Um, I don't know. It was all it was all good. There was some dark times. Uh, there well, was that means that you just contradict yourself in one sentence. What? It was all good. No, there was I mean, some dark times. That was actually the Charles Dickens, wasn't it? It was the best of times. <laughs> it was the worst, it was the worst of, times. of times. I mean, there was a couple of dark times, but apart from them, the rest I want to know about the dark times. Well, the dark times was probably my birthday. I got, um, I got incredibly sunburnt the night before and then woke up on you my birthday. You know what's birthday. good for that? Rub ghee all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask her first. <laughs> uh, I yeah, woke up with uh, heat, uh, heat and sunstroke. That's that can be that, that doesn't sound bad, but it is. Isn't was, it? Sunstroke is the worst. I was vomiting. I was delirious, and then uh, I just had to spend my birthday. Well, just well, you, everyone's always delirious on the birthday. <laughs> yeah, well, not for my reasons. And so, what did you have to? And were you staying in a really uh, you know hostel or something? We was luckily we were staying in a. a like it was, it was sort of very cheap, but we had our own room, and you know, I had a f- ceiling fan that I could lie under, just sort of with my back facing it, so it could cool me. And, and did I, you call a doctor? Out? Um, no. Did you ring up that shop in Hampstead and ask yeah. him on to <laughs> <It's> the street? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me to just take nine spirulina tablets a day. <laughs> but and so that lasted a couple of days, yeah, I take it. But right? that, that first day was the worst. I just had to cover my back in sort of a moisturising cream and just lie under a fan. Did your friend do that for you? No, I, I did it myself. You can't. It was what, only on my shoulder. Got, it was basically, yeah. all the all the blisters. You must have amazing kind of uh, dexterity to do all your back <laughs> yourself. I know. So it was the, all the, the blisters were on my shoulder and. Oh, it actually blistered oh, up. Oh, yeah, totally blistered up. And was your friend, uh, like, because that's when you can tell what your friends are like. Was he like, I'll just leave you alone for a couple of days, or... Well, no, he was... Bedtime like, stories. This sounds like a weird thing to say, but luckily he was uh, he was recovering from a jellyfish sting, so he <laughs> was actually quite happy to spend a couple... I, if anything, I would probably was less sensitive to his injury, because I kept wanting to do stuff when he was injured. But then the moment I was ill, he's actually got a couple of days rest. And so, but did you have any dark times with the actual natives? Um, the, na- the natives. So well, it's a funny word to use. Is yeah, it? it's actually um, correct, politically correct. Not massively. No, I, I mean they were very nice, especially in South India. In the North India, they're a little bit more less friendly. I think in South, they're very friendly. You can't get on a train without having a conversation with people, and they're really excited to tell they, you about the country. They like to practice their English as well, though, don't they? Totally. Yeah. So especially if you meet um, students, so if you meet sort of, uh, you know, sometimes you meet a group of students like, in maybe like nineteen, twenty, and they just get really excited to be able to talk in English for a couple of hours on a train, and then you get to learn about. But are the, the trains as bad? Because like, is that a cliche about the trains so been so overpacked? Yes, it's absolute nonsense. I didn't get on one where we didn't get a seat. Did did you do any overnight trains? No, uh, no, we did overnight buses, which they're bleak. Like they like we got in one where we booked of we booked an executive uh, overnight bus from Goa to Hampi, and we'd booked a berth where the two of us were going to share. Like you couldn't, but there was no two berths, so we couldn't have the bunk each. This is on the coach. Yeah, so we thought a bunk that would be fine. You know, my mate was six foot two. And I reckon the bunk was about five foot eight long right. and about maybe a foot and a half wide. And two of us had to get in it. And, it, and he'd, he'd been stung by the jellyfish like the day before. 
But the jellyfish wasn't in bed with you, though. No. <laughs> that would make it really tough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was... Because, you know, that's, uh, that's a cliche about, you know, uh, if you get stung by a jellyfish, that you... Uh, you weigh on them. You, yeah, that's, that's nonsense. Well, no, apparently just vinegar's much better. Or actually, salt water's better, which you're already in. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I think it's just created by somebody like I, pissing on people. Well, I went to uh, Thailand for Christmas, and I did the overnight, uh, like, train. Yeah. And I just thought, like, I thought it'd be great to see, like, rather, because I was sick of getting on planes, I thought it'd be great to see the countryside. Like, without figuring it, like, been a bit thick, uh, <laughs> an hour in, it's dark. Yeah. But, um, but uh, nobody told me these are party trains. Oh. Where there's two carriages where you're not allowed to smoke in the train, but you're allowed to smoke in this bar area. Oh. And I swear it was just, <clears throat> it was like being at a nightclub. <laughs> And uh, and you meet all these. I met a producer from the one show. Really? Yeah. Who, I think he even had a whistle. Woo woo. Oh my God. You know, ended up having a conversation about who doesn't talk to his brother and stuff anymore. <laughs> and it's just not the kind of thing I would expect. I was expecting this lovely scenic thing, yeah. but then you don't think it through as well because I got into Bangkok at like half five in the morning, and I you know really fancy hotel to go to, but couldn't check in till twelve. Oh, and I'm knackered. That is the worst. Yeah. I once did that in um. In Newcastle, it's not as exciting a place. But I got—I was in Amsterdam for four days. Got the overnight ferry from Amsterdam to Newcastle because I was gigging in Newcastle the next day, and got to the hotel at like eight eight thirty nine a.m. And they just wouldn't let me check in till two, so I just went out, got breakfast, was trying to kill time. Decided to go to the cinema, see the first film that's starting, and it was Johnny English Reborn, right. and it was the worst cinematic experience of my life because i was already tired and depressed yeah. and then but having did to watch you not that sleep shit. <laughs> no i can't sleep in cinemas <laughs> sounds weird i'm a good sleeper in a bed so i can't yeah. sleep in a cinema did you mill around the cinema for yeah. <laughs> just walked around <laughs> put your ipad on and because uh, like you're like at the moment you're very much a traveling comic though aren't you yeah I think I've done a lot this year. And are you feeling right you want to stop that now well i'm stopping now i'm now i'm back and uh and it's just I've got Edinburgh. Apart from going away for Edinburgh, I'm in I'm, I'm in London for until the end of the year. Do you know what your accommodation is in Edinburgh? Cause yeah, it's very nice. We've booked, we've me and two other comedian friends have booked a really swanky flat right in the centre. Well, good because I went to visit you last year in Edinburgh, and it was like going up like a medieval tower. <laughs> when it was that was about- a year before when I was in that. I said, well, yeah, I haven't recovered from it. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was uh, fifteen floors. Of- yeah, it was really. Yeah, there's a lot of stairs, and I lived above a pirate. Yeah, but never mind. You can tell me about that in a minute. But, like, I think, you know, in life, if you're going up, you know, if you're travelling 20 minutes upstairs, <laughs> it's for a good view. But it was for one of the shittiest flats I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it wasn't nice. <laughs> but I, I wanted my own space. Oh, you very much had that. It cost me £2,000 for well, that month. Yeah. Don't even get me started on people ripping you off. Oh. But, um, and so you were actually splashed out this year, then? Well, this year... Yeah, it's not 2000 for the month, but we're getting a nice three-bedroom place right in the centre of Edinburgh. That is, We've looked at all the photos. It looks very nice. It's not it, a student house. That's what it is. Every, can, a I, lot of, can I just tell you that estate agents make all photos of every place? I know, but nice. they can't dress it up that much. Uh, can I just tell you that estate agents are quite evil? People? <laughs> <laughs> what are they, how would they do it? Photoshop. The wide, yeah, Photoshop, wide-angle lenses. Yeah, I know, but they can't. Bed sheets look nice. <laughs> yeah, they'll be gone. <laughs> but so, um, well, yes, I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. So, and the show this year, because like you've changed a little bit. Where, and I know you don't want to talk about it too much, and I will respect your privacy as well. But um, like you broke up 
your marriage broke up last year. Yes. And you talked about it on stage. Yeah. And you don't normally talk about personal stuff on stage. Well, I do, but not um, yeah, but you deep talk about, personal yeah. stuff. It's normally just silly things that have yeah, happened to me. I haven't got an allotment. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference between that and what? But this is show, this is show is actually quite, yeah, it is personal. I mean, it's about me going off to India and essentially doing doing a lot it's about me doing loads of stuff to readjust to this new life right um not so what, being part of a marriage okay so is that why you went to india I th- yeah definitely i think i just suddenly realized that i i needed to do something i think to get away from here and uh from that routine that you were obviously going to be missing yeah i think so i just i suddenly had this this time and sort of not i don't want to say freedom because that's the wrong word because i never felt like i didn't have freedom but i just had almost too much freedom because i didn't have somebody to yeah. who i was i was you know yeah. not responsible for but you are both responsible for each other in a relationship but i just had suddenly had nothing to t- tie me down to but this yeah, country it doesn't sound as personal as talking about the breakup of your marriage yeah like, but so i didn't go into de- in depth about it in last year's show and I don't think I'm, I'm don't think I'm ever going to just because it's disrespectful to the to, other absolutely yeah, yeah yeah I'd never I'd never ne- and I'd also I'd never you know you can't I don't think you can talk about a breakup of a relationship without talking about the negatives of each person and I'd never want to talk about the negatives of my ex because you know time so you're passed. not going to mention her at all this year then no right I'm not I'm just going to it's basically just the starting point of the show is that this is like what I've been up to since last year. Right. And then I just go into all these silly th- like things I've had to, I've found myself doing. And so, how far uh, are you kind of ready for it now? Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it's it's always changing. Cause new things are happening, and like it's like this year's show, I think, is even looser than my previous shows. That so you it, just be giving food to people. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets a free can of cider when they come in. Uh, well, no, like, it's, it's a good just, ten minutes you take them, like those nine tablets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's me it's basically just a bunch of stories and each time you know new stuff's been added on throughout the year as new things yeah. have happened and things have been cut out so it's just like a rolling show i think but so, that, that, so so basically like like during your days then are you looking for adventure rather than sitting down and obviously you will construct it because i know you you work very hard on those things but are you always just like 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 going to things to i don't think i do it on purpose i think i naturally like to I, I get quite bored quite easy so i tend to go out and do things to to appease that not to try and find material so i think my natural instinct is to go out and do things so what what's your what would you do during the day then well i mean during the day today i'm here <laughs> so yeah. i've got i've had breakfast come here no but like you're saying but you'll go up so you won't just no but i mean more with my sort of like personal like, t- like in the daytime i try and get do work, do think about jokes or read or do things like that. But then the night times are when I tend to but don't go you, out you and go work on adventures. A lot of nights, though, don't I you? know, but then there's time after gigs and I tend to go out. But you're up at nine, so you can't stay up too late. Yeah, you can. 
So what do you do after gigs? What what are these you meet adventures? Meet people, go out and have drinks and go places. <laughs> but or... that doesn't sound like a great show. And then the, the other no, night, I got really trashed. I know, but no, but uh, not so much now. But that's what I did. I reckon between Edinburgh last year and Christmas, I was constantly out, like drinking and doing silly things and, and that. that was getting over the marriage yeah totally and a lot of that did lead to me doing stuff that has made it into the show but did you define just on a quite a serious point um because i find like you know the one thing i've learned like because i stopped drinking for a long time yeah. and now i'm kind of drink a little bit but the one thing i did learn is don't drink if you're depressed yeah so were you not like was that not like a vicious circle of then waking up the next morning even feeling worse uh, not so much, because weirdly, I, for like, I don't know if I've ever told you this, I, for like the last sort of probably year, 18 months, I was in that relationship, and this was, wasn't just because that, it was just, it, well, I mean, it was just, you know, a general level of depression, I was on antidepressants. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. I was on quite strong antidepressants, and I gave them up. Did you get them from Dr. Mystery? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say 45 a day. <laughs> so they weren't strong, it was just <laughs> plenty of them. Yeah, it was just a, a numbers so game. What, so did, you, did your GP give you them? Yeah, so they, I was like diagnosed and everything so i was on them but so I get, what I get, were you diagnosed or just depressed yeah depression right. um and because they don't really like to give them out willy-nilly do they no no but when they put me on it was at the sort of the point of you actually need this you now. went in crying yeah well essentially yeah i was in a really, seriously yeah yeah well, well yeah i think i've made probably i can't remember the actual but so did you make a decision just you said like you know you're going right this is getting out of control so i'm going to go to see my GP yeah, yeah i tried every, i tried this. everything that i thought i could do myself like try and talk it wasn't helping it press ups gym um no but you know and I, i'm one of these people that whenever i've got a problem my first thing to do is research it and i always read a lot of books on the subject so i read a lot of stuff about depression about psychology just trying to work out why i couldn't just function or deal with these feelings that were inside and well, talking about them wasn't helping so, so your friends uh, not so much to my friends well, with my ex we used to talk you know about our problems and we were trying to sort of oh, work just through them right okay so you know, and, and it just got to a point where it felt like I genuinely felt like I couldn't function with them, and I was drinking a lot as well. This is before the antidepressants. Yeah, so I yeah. was probably self-medicating in yeah. that sense. Well, look, I think like like apparently ninety-two percent of statistics are made up, but so let's throw one in. Yeah. I can guarantee you at least seventy people drink purely for self-medication. It's just seventy people. Seventy percent. Seventy people in the whole world. The whole world. <laughs> yeah, it's only seventy. It's minute. Yeah. It doesn't even I don't show think it's up. That big a problem, to be honest. But um, yeah. So that's well. So, so then, yeah. So then, but then the tablets I went on but no, but, really helped for. But tell me a when, of time. when you say you couldn't function. What do you mean by that? Well, just I just felt constantly in a bubble of depression. I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't think I was working particularly well. I don't think my comedy was really what i wanted to be doing i don't think i wasn't wanting to see people i wasn't i was just very i felt that i'd, I'd rather just wake up and just sit around the house and not think and just is it one of those where you wake up and then just wait i can't wait to get to sleep again oh totally yeah, yeah. And, I, and i was constantly tired that's what i'm like every day yeah but no and it was just that constant overthinking every right. thought that was going through my head was going through non-stop to the point that i couldn't really think about anything else and were you getting um anxiety yeah yeah i was getting my actual Everything. I was getting all the symptoms. But you were able to do the gigs. Uh, yeah, and weirdly, the gigs were one of the few times I felt all right because when I was yeah. on stage, I was suddenly Absolutely. had to do something else. I, f I physically had to do something else. So I then and you had no problem motivating yourself to get onto the stage. I could always get on stage. Yeah, it's weird because I knew that once I was on stage, I was happy. All right, but tell us this then because this is one thing that comics uh, 
never talk about, but it's that thing of, uh, we all love being on stage. Yeah. You know, there's a, obviously a little bit of tension beforehand. But if you were feeling a bit depressed, I can imagine if you're in a green room, which is like where the dressing room beforehand, and people are talking shit the way they do. Yeah. That can get me really down on a good day. Yeah. So how did you deal with that? Just switch off to it. Just try and just put a brave face on it and be friendly and nice. But then just get out of there soon as. But was it a matter of getting there as late as possible as well to avoid? Yeah, that? I think so. Yeah. Um, but then also at the same time there was yeah when there's problems at home you want to get out of there as soon as possible so I'd sort of be in that thing of just I'd go into town and just mill around and then get to the gig you love milling around I do mill around a lot (laughs) but so and so you actually went to the doctor and said uh, I'm depressed well yeah I finally went to the doctor and and also there'd been other signs I'd had a couple of like stomach ulcers and stuff in the run up to that that were clearly me you know sort of anxiety and things like that so I'd, I'd gone to the doctor for other things but always skirted around the issue until it got to the point where I thought I need to actually just say this bit so I said to the doctor I basically described everything I went on a proper like not oh, so, rants, but I just... So initially you went for the Yeah, like the year stuff. before I probably was when the first ulcer kicked off. So you didn't go, I'm a, you didn't like hint that I'm a bit depressed? No, I just told him I was busy and sort of a bit stressed right. about work. But did he bring that up at all? No, no. I, he just, he like, I just said like what was going on in my stomach and I said I've had a lot of stress recently, I'm like very busy, so I think this is probably just a bit of stress. So, and he didn't delve into anything else. I said, can, can I have that rope? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then finally, yeah, after after about, you know, it's probably been a, I reckon a lead up when I, I think from the point I thought I might be depressed to the point I told a doctor that how I felt and they looked at me and basically said, yeah, you are clearly depressed. Really? It was about a year, 18 months. So and it was a long period of time up until I did that. So you've been seeing them quite a bit then? No, no, just, I've just come back a few times just for like the right. ulcers. And he just went, well, you're clearly depressed, we're going to put you on these well, really I think stuff. When, when you get a probably, what was I, late 20s year old man, like 29, 30 year old man, just in your chair pretty much crying. I think I probably was crying, I can't remember. But just saying that, you know, how you feel every day you wake up and what's constantly going through your heads, I think they know. This Is that when this. he kind of put you onto a different doctor? <laughs> he went, I'm just going to get my secretary, she's better at this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really not good with this emotional yeah, stuff. So I can uh, give you some paracetamol. <laughs> so, and, but see, the thing is, because like, I've never taken an antidepressant, but um, when I quit smoking, I went on uh, a drug, Champex, uh, which is, is it the one that makes you feel sick if you no this is no I think that's the thing for drinking Champix oh, right. was a, a drug that was an antidepressant but mm. they realised you know in the studies that you actually uh, help people quit smoking right but the thing I did find was it changed my personality yeah and because uh, like, that's the weird thing like where I don't think I'd ever take antidepressants because they do make you depressed well do you know what I th- I genuinely think they really helped for about three months but not at the very start no for the first week they just do you know what it's weird like because um for the first week it feels like and anyone who's ever done any illegal drugs would, uh, would know this reference but um it feels like you're on a very low sort of really really crap ecstasy tablet right like or a really crap like slight numbness yeah. MD- yeah you just you almost get a little sort of buzz of happiness and it just makes you feel a little bit like sort of hazy about everything yeah so the first sort of three or four days that's kind of a hangover as well though isn't it but without the sort of sickness and yeah. the run down you actually feel a little bit more positive for a few days but after that once it settles in i found it really helps for right. a few months and then did he or you decide to stop it so this is the thing so no i went i, I went back a few months later 
and they were helping and uh but i still had a lot of problems and he was like we'll keep you on it and then same but again, lowering so, the dose no no kept the same dosage and I, I i did i was on it i think for about a year i was on that dosage and then i started thinking you know what i'm this is not i don't see the point with things if this is if things is now and it, and, it, and then that coincided with the breakup and after the breakup i like the doctor but so you were still with your wife yeah this was all period. during this was all okay. during the end like that right. and uh, and then so when when the breakup happened i suddenly found myself back at my parents and i was in quite a bleak situation yeah. i was living with my parents i was 31 so it wasn't like you took your last pill and said i'm out of here to the missus no <laughs> no <laughs> um, but then i the doctor was just like adamant i stay on them but, but i, I felt happier can like, I ask you as well? You, you didn't stop drinking during that because you're not supposed to drink with antidepressants. Yeah, so. I definitely didn't stop drinking. So it kind of counterbalanced it a little bit. Yeah, that's probably why they you're still, the high dose. But they still helped during the day. They genuinely did help. Like, I, 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 what the booze? You know, <laughs> that's one thing I luckily never fell into was drinking during the day. But I finally, even I felt like after a few weeks of like sort of just living back at my parents and yeah. that, I, we, I, I sort of. You know, the root of uh, mine and my ex's problems were our relationship wasn't working. That's the fact of it. That was the main cause, I think. And I, I thought started... you were going to give us some unique insight, but you just went, it just wasn't working. No, no, yeah, that's <laughs> as, simple, as simple as most people's relationships that fail is. I'd, I'd never be there at every divorce thing. <laughs> and the reason for the divorce, it just wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so. Right, next one. <laughs> it wasn't working. Okay, off you go. <laughs> we're getting through a lot today. It wasn't working in the little corridor. Anyone here for the divorce? <laughs> Was it not working? <laughs> it's all right. You're clear. <laughs> I was sorry to, because uh, I know it's a big thing. Yeah. But to be, the, the thing is, I know you're in a lovely new relationship now. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. And you're feeling happy. Yeah. See, I didn't know. I'm not a great well, friend. I, but I've never, I've never, no, but no one knew. I, I only told uh, my oldest best friend that I'd been on antidepressants about six months after I'd come off them. So what, was there a slight stigma for you then? Yeah, totally. And now, for some reason, I don't feel like that anymore. Well, you, I'm afraid because of this podcast, you've become the spokesman. <laughs> <laughs> but listen... But no, but I shouldn't be a spokesman, because I, one thing I will say, I came off them without, against doctor's wishes. Right. I, I decided, they kept putting me on them. And, and I started drinking dosage. against my doctor's wishes. <laughs> we all do things against our doctor's but wishes. But no, but I would recommend anyone who's on them, don't just do what I did, which was, I decided, I felt, felt like I was at a point where I could deal with it on my own. Yeah deal with any problem and i came off them but you did i came off them and actually um realized within about a week that i was now at a level functioning where i could deal yeah, with so things. It and, I, for you. and once i was off them i could deal even better with things because i didn't have them numbing well, anything i think if we're going to say anything there is trust your body yeah that's absolutely what it is which l- listen i'm going to bring you in for the next podcast which will talk about different things i hope and uh, <laughs> it's got a bit serious <laughs> but i like that an only no i like podcast? that no honestly if it's interesting that's good enough for me but um yeah we haven't even talked to professor uh dimitri karlopov now i know you, you've come in actually from helsinki uh finland not romania thank you so much for coming in we're just from talk sorry we got carried away there but um your so you've studied sleep uh as your your, your thing do you think if you, because I feel if I don't get enough sleep, uh, I can't function as a person. In, in light of what Carl was saying, how important is it to get the what your body is telling you to get sleep-wise? Well, the reality is that there have been a lot of studies shown that uh, prolonged sleeping improves mental alertness and uh, short-term memory. In fact. Well, thank so. you very much for coming in. You've been listening to Under the Radar with my guest Carl Donnelly. Yes. I've been Sean Hughes. Uh, see you again. <laughs>